everyone. We are the ministry team at Evening Light Tabernacle, and it's great that you joined with us again today, and hope that you will invite your friends to come and join with us in this roundtable discussion. We got um, some great things to talk about this today. Um, as we promised, we're going to be talking about the church and how it fell away, and how Satan got into even the Book of Acts church, and. Um, but uh, I'd like to start off with a scripture here today because we were talking about the vine and the branches and, and the husbandman, of course, is the caretaker of the vineyard. And he is looking for fruit. And James 5 and 7 said, Be patient, therefore, brethren, unto the coming of the Lord. Behold, the husbandman waiteth for the precious fruit of the earth and hath long patience for it until he receive the early and latter rain. Be patient also, establish your hearts, for the coming of the Lord draweth nigh. So we see that tied in with the husbandman looking for fruit is the coming of the Lord. And it's near coming, he is going to be looking for fruit. And he's going to look for the fruit, the same kind of fruit that he had from the original vine. And so we've had all kinds that have been grafted in. Um, man-made ideas and things that are grafted into Christianity, but he's looking for his fruit. That's right. That's right. Man? That's right. So what happened to that first church? What happened? Where did, where did the devil come in? Uh, I believe there's a wealth of understanding that we can draw to see how he worked in that first church and how he would work today. What was prophesied to come? I think it would be very nice to, to dig in there. What happened to that first church? I think Paul gives us the warning in Acts 20, verse 28. He says, uh, take heed, and that word means be cautious. So take heed unto yourselves and to all the flock over which the Holy Ghost has made you overseers to feed the church. Their charge was to feed the church. Right, yes. To take care of them, to nurture them, to admonish them in the, in the Word of God, which he had purchased with his own blood. And he says, for I know this, that after my departing shall grievous wolves come. That word grievous, I looked it up, and the word there means mighty, dangerous, so strong that the feeble flock, the feeble flock will not be able to resist them. My. So they are dangerous, they're my mighty, goodness. they're cunning, they know what they're doing. Right. And so we find that Paul has given us the layout or the plan of how the Antichrist or how the, the devil is going to come into the church and begin to pull the church away. And he says, the grievous ones are going to enter in, not sparing the flock, fleecing the sheep, not feeding the sheep. Oh, my. And we find that that's what they're doing. But he also gave another warning. He says in verse 30, also of your own selves shall men arise. Not only are they coming from the outside, they're coming from within as well. And their whole goal and their whole mission is to fleece the flock, to destroy the flock. And at the same time, under the auspice of feeding, of taking care of and nurturing obviously interested more in building their own kingdom instead of building the kingdom it of says God. so it said the very end of yeah. that verse says it says to draw away disciples after them after and them. that uh-huh. word draw there get this the word draw means to tear away yes. oh, wow. so their their whole plan is to tear away tear them away from what from the truth yeah, from right. the gospel that paul originally planted and laid out their desires to tear the flock tear the people away from the truth so he can put his own 
plan or his own uh, desires in to have his church. And, and Brother Joe, you said something interesting, that men would arise from within. And Jesus said this exactly as Paul was speaking of wolves. Jesus said it exactly. He said they would come as wolves, but they would be in sheep's right. clothing. That's right. Oh my. Meaning it would be very inoffensive. It would be it would it would look look like something good. Yes, like Christianity, like the church. But it, it is come. religious. Oh yeah. It, it is religious. And, and that's what people for, fail to see is that Satan is very religious. Very religious. And he wants worship. And so the worship yes. that belonged to God, he wants to take to himself. Absolutely. But he does it in a way of not coming along and saying, I'm Satan, worship right. me. It's not, not him standing in a pulpit with forked horns and a pitchfork. That's no, right. he's got a suit and a tie on and he's saying Jesus, Jesus. Yeah. yeah. But it's a Jesus of their own making. Well, Paul says, uh -huh. speaking perverse things. Notice what they're speaking. They're speaking perverse things and that is distorting the truth or posing or a plot against the saving purpose and plans of God to corrupt, to turn aside from the correct path. So they're they're saying things, but it's not what Paul said. Just a little twist. Just a little twist. Sounds like the it sounds religious yeah. <laughs> and it sounds good, but it therefore it takes that ear to hear what the Spirit says. Amen. And can rightly divide the word and discern what is right and what is wrong. And I believe that God has gifted men today that can discern the Spirit of Christ. And the, 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 the spirit of the Antichrist, so they can know which spirit is correct and which spirit is not correct. So, so it's not a complete denial of Scripture or a denial of Christ. Mm -hmm. It's just a twist. Like mm -hmm. Jesus said, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees. Yeah. And yeah. leaven, is it comes in silently. It just comes in secretly. But it permeates the whole. Yeah. So, so just a little twist can actually bring death. You know, what I find interesting in reading the book of Acts is just, we've been talking about Acts 2 and, and the experience on the day of Pentecost, but just a few chapters down, they say that they, they, they mention a certain sect of Pharisees which believed. Mm -hmm. You know, think about so it. So why, why, and Jesus would look at a Pharisee and tell, call it and say, You're over your father, the devil. Right. You know, yes. so how yes. in the world did Pharisees get in there but yet still believe? Mm -hmm. Or how so do they believers. believe and still be Pharisees? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's my yeah. question. I mean, you know, can this is really amazing. You know, somebody's a believer, and yet he's still a Pharisee. You know, right. if you become a believer, you know, then you would have believed the precepts of Christ yes. rather than Phariseeism. But you see, that was so ingrained, so they were, they were intent on bringing that whole thing in and per perverting the gospel of Jesus Christ. Exactly. You know, and changing it back uh, to works instead of grace again yeah. and 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 turn it to the precepts of man and traditions. Yeah. Traditions of man. Right. But they use scripture. Yeah. They use scripture introducing trying to reintroduce circumcision. Right, exactly. And so it looked very good especially to Jews in that time. It yeah. looked very good and it even caused a struggle with the leaders of the right. church of that day. Yeah. Even yes, right. Paul and exactly. all of them come together over the matter because it looks so close, but it was leaven. Yeah. 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 And, it, and it goes to show that the Pharisees that believed had issues. <laughs> well, you know, when we, when we see those things, we're not to be passive about it. I like how Paul said, we had no small dissension oh, with yes. them. Yes. We stood against it. Praise yeah. the Lord. Yeah, exactly. Well, you know, that's Acts 15.1 is what we're referring to. And, and 
They, they said, except to be circumcised after the manner of Moses, you cannot be saved. So salvation began to be set on precepts. It was not even the conditions of what Christ gave at Calvary. Yeah. Because, of course, you know, we must be circumcised, but that circumcision is the cutting off of fleshly desires yeah. by the Holy right. Ghost. Exactly. Amen. Yeah. And so Amen. it was It was a, a real circumcision from the, ins, of the inside and the changing of the nature. But they, they were still trying to apply the external rather than realize the internal work that had to be done to change the nature. Amen. So they were reverting the church backward. In Galatians chapter 2, 3, it says, But neither Titus, who was with me, being a Greek, was compelled to be circumcised. Right. That because of false brethren, unawares brought in, who came in privily to spy out our liberty, which we have in Christ Jesus, that they might bring us into bondage. So reverting, they were actually taking the church into bondage so what was the motivation? What was the spirit behind it? It was not Christ right. that right. would bring into bondage. Right. It was the Antichrist. That's right. And in 1 John chapter 2, verse 18, it says, Little children, it is the last time. And as you have heard, that Antichrist shall come. Even now, there are many Antichrists, whereby we know that it is the last time. Mm. I think it's real striking word that he said, it was brethren, but they're false brethren. False brethren. So there were people who were naming the name of Christ, right. but had not been cleansed by the power of the Holy Ghost from the, the, the ideas of man and come to have a spirit-led, spirit-directed Bible um, doctrine that they adhered to. So it had to be people they believe, the Pharisees that believe, brethren, false brethren, how did they get to this point? Because, I mean, they apparently sympathized with the belief. They apparently, you know, saw some good, saw in, some it. good in it. But somehow they did not receive the same life that Peter and the ones on the day of Pentecost received. They missed the Holy Ghost. They missed there the Holy Ghost. You know, they, and it gets to the point where Jesus, you referred to that, Jesus speaking about the wolves in sheep clothes, and you read on down. He says, they'll come to me in that day saying, we cast out devils, we've you know, done many mighty works. And he'll look at them and say, depart from me, you workers of iniquity, for I never knew you. Yeah, my goodness. And that know is not knowing they're on the earth. I mean, God knows all things. He knows every flea that it jumps, every fly that bats its eye. So he knew that they was on the earth, but the new, if you look at it, is actually a relationship. It's actually the life of God being transferred. I Amen. never knew you. And no. I think that's where these, where this church started ended up. They all started ended up accepting people and allowing things to happen. But these people never became leaders. They became uh, great men, so to speak. But they never received the Holy Ghost. Falling short. Of Falling short. You, of the you see, these yes. Pharisees, you can you can see it even today, in a sense that they believed, but y'all said they missed the Holy Ghost. So that's it right. shows that it has to be more than just a belief. That's right. And these aren't secret believers. These are professed believers. Yes. Right. And yet they don't have the Holy Ghost. They don't have the same life. So it has to be something more. They didn't receive the Holy Ghost when they believed, obviously. No. No. No, they obviously didn't. Paul said, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? Since. Since you yeah. believed. After you believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. So you're believing unto 
the Holy Ghost. Right. Not right. that you receive the Holy Ghost when you believe, but you believe unto it until you receive right. it. That's right. And I think I think these Pharisees which believed were good men. Sure. And they had good intentions. They saw the goodness of Christ and saw merit to um, many of the wonderful things, but they missed that life. That's right. And that's why that they could not rightly divide the word of truth. You see, we have a mistaken idea today in Christianity, and that is that you can educate someone into Christ or you can educate ministers into ministry. And really, it's a divine call of God right. that has to come by a Holy Ghost experience. Exactly. Right. You know, Jesus said, do not, do not preach, do not do anything. You go and you wait in, in that upper room in, in Jerusalem until you're endued with powerful on high. Amen. So he wouldn't send them out to preach or Amen. do anything Amen. until they first got that power. Amen. And this is what was lacking in those Pharisees. They were lacking that power. Well, we think we can educate people into it. There was no one more educated than the Pharisees, huh. even in the Scripture. Yeah. There, there was no, I mean, the apostles could never sit down and, and debate Scripture as far as knowledge-wise with those Pharisees. Right. But when it came right down to it, Paul said, I had to count everything I had learned. He wasn't speaking of worldly things. And he, he was, was speaking of, the of his religious training. Right. Yeah, exactly. And all the knowledge he had, he said, I had to count it all as dung. Yeah. Amen. That, that I, I might win Christ. Christ. That's Praise right. the Lord. Amen. Well, then in 1 John 4 and 3, it tells us about the spirit of Antichrist. Where have you heard that should come? And even now, already it is in the world. So all the way back there, the spirit of the Antichrist was already in the world and people were receiving instead of the spirit of God was receiving the spirit of the Antichrist yes. through knowledge right. instead of by the experience of a new birth. Exactly. Isn't that amazing? That they would take on a spirit of the Antichrist because he said... He said, this is that spirit of the Antichrist. Yes. And so rather than receiving the spirit and life of Christ, they were actually receiving the, the spirit of the Antichrist, which we know is Satan, because right. it is a perverter of the gospel of Christ. But back to what you said earlier, that, that Satan don't always come with a forked tail and claws and horns, but he comes as an angel of light. Uh -huh. And so... Uh, it's spoke of here in Second uh, Corinthians chapter eleven verse four. If he cometh preaching, if for if he that cometh preacheth another Jesus. Uh -huh. So uh, Paul was not speaking of some atheistic, communistic, satanic force. No, he's speaking of something that would look like Jesus, yeah. right. that would be presented as Jesus. Uh -huh. He said, "For if he that cometh." Preacheth another Jesus, whom you have not preached, mm. whom we have not preached, or if you receive another spirit, uh -huh. which you have not received, or another gospel, which you have not accepted, you might be bear with him. Right. So, so Paul is speaking now, speaking of another Jesus that would be commonly accepted. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Another spirit, another Jesus, another gospel. Yes. And that's what they were receiving. And so, you know, here was this gospel was not 
uh, saying, oh, well, there's, there's no such thing as Jesus Christ. And no, he didn't die on the cross. But they were, they were actually bringing in some of the very concepts of Christ, but twisting it in just enough way, you know, that it become, instead of the, the gospel of Christ, it become actually the gospel of the Antichrist. My. And, and such a deceiving thing. And then people in their experience were getting another spirit, which was not the Jesus of the Bible, My goodness. but was the Jesus actually of their own making. Mm. Handling the word of God deceitfully. That's right. And it's amazing to me how quickly it happened. I mean, here we are 2,000 years down the road. You know, how much has gone on? How much has that Antichrist spirit worked? Because here we are in the first church talking about men that walked with Jesus. Yes. Talking about... You talk about leadership. I mean, that church had the this, this strong leadership of men that it came from the upper room, of men like Paul who had met the pillar of fire. Uh, you know, they're, they're on the road and it had blinded him. And yet even with those leaders in that atmosphere of the early church, he was able to worm his way in. My. He, he's no amateur. Well, I think as each generation got further and further and further away from the initial fire that failed, you started seeing that decline and that worse falling and worse, away. Yeah. The love and the power and the passion for Christ, for the Word, begin to fade, begin to wane over time because it was it was a hearsay, it become a tradition, it's things uh -huh. that we hear. Yeah. And you find that shortly after Paul went off the scene, we're looking 300 years later, they had to have some kind of council, and we'll get further into that later on, but they had to have a council to, just, you know, to figure out debates in the church because there was so much dissension within the early church. Uh, because they got further and further and further away from the truth. It's a very, very good point that maybe we can pick up on that, uh, that the cycle of revivals, if we study revivals, they follow a pattern. Mm -hmm. There's a pattern in the Bible, just exactly what you said, that the, when God brings a revival, initially there's an illumination, there's a power, there is a, uh, an overcoming, there's a victory, there's a glory. But just the next generation something begins to change. Well, you think about the first church, Ephesus, as we would call it. You find it in Revelations. That word means aimed at but relaxed. So they were aimed at the truth. They were caught, they were set afire, but they begin to get relaxed. And with their maybe their knowledge from an acts of what they know, and this just wasn't alive with the power and the passion of they, God. You know, they had the knowledge without the power of exactly. Christ, without the life of yes. Christ. Exactly. And, and so th this, is, this is part of the restoration. We must not only just receive a knowledge of Amen. the Lord, we must Amen. have the very power of Christ unto salvation, you know, because it's the power of God exactly. unto salvation. Exactly. So in our next session, I think it would be good if we could talk about more about this falling away and how the first church lost its first love and how the Antichrist you know, wormed its way into that early church and then continued awaken. Because I think we'll find as we go along that the falling away isn't just an end time event. Right. But exactly. the falling away has been going on for a long, exactly. long time. Thank you for joining with the ministry team at Evening Light Tabernacle. For more information on what you have heard today, please visit us at eveninglight.net. May God bless you.